Hello and welcome back to The Last Slice of Pizza. I am your host, James, and today we are going over the episode Sisters. But before we do that, I do need to apologize. I did say this was supposed to be uh, once every other week, but uh, that has not happened due to uh, technical difficulties. But that's all sorted now. And I'm going to try to get this back on track. And in a way, this came at the best time that it could. Because, like, I only had one episode out. And, like, I don't know how much that actually, like, means anything. But uh, this podcast has a new home on Anchor. So, uh, for those diehards of the old home, I am sorry. I just... Mistakes were made on, like, multiple ends. It's... It's sort of complicated and I don't want to get into it right now. But what I do want to get into is this episode, which again is called Sisters. So, it starts with these, like, pods racing through space to Earth. These, like, when I say pods, I don't mean, like, Star Wars pod racing, but more, like, actual pods. Whatever. Anyway, so... Meanwhile, in Jump City, there are fireworks going off, and Robin and Starfire are watching from a Ferris wheel. Starfire is impressed and asks about uh, these explosions, which she says, uh, like... When these explosions usually go off, it means, like, an invasion is happening. She does give a name. I will say I am not good with remembering all those names of the alien things. I think I went over this last time, too, but... I mean... This is still the second episode. Like, I'm sure you'll you'll get it by, like... The end of the season. Anyway, Robin assures her that this isn't the case. Everything is fine. This is just a celebration. He offers her some cotton candy, and Starfire remarks that the last time I had cotton, it was white, and it tasted like... And Robin cuts her off, saying that this is different, and eats some. Starfire tries some and is delighted by it. She then talks about how wonderful Earth is, and Robin agrees, saying it's the best planet I've ever been to. Starfire then gets into how when she first came to Earth, uh, she thought she couldn't fit in, but has now found a place, and this is actually important uh, later to the episode. Just keep this idea in mind. Before Starfire can finish her thought, however, Robin gets excited for the finale, or at least, like, a... Actually, wait, hold on. Because there, there are more fireworks a little later in the episode. But, I mean, I guess this is one of the, like, big moments. Because, like, fi- fireworks do that sometimes. Or it's like, you know, pop, pop, pop. But then every so often it'll go like pop, 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 pop. Without it being the finale. And then it ke- it keeps you on the edge of your seat. Or... Just sitting on the blanket still instead of like packing up and going because that's usually where I see fireworks. But I mean, they're on the they're on the 
Ferris wheel. They are literally on a seat. So that, that that's an apt metaphor. Anyway, so as I was saying, Starfire tries to finish, but Robin, uh, like, is more excited by the fireworks going off in rapid succession. And then Starfire says that, uh, like, Earth has many wonderful things in it while looking at Robin. And this is so teenagery. I love it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Starfire is, like, you know, trying. But Robin is too thick to, like, notice. But Star is okay with it anyway. <laughs> oh, man. That is so teenagery, And I love it. Because, I mean, they're the Teen Titans for a reason. <laughs> well, I mean, they're Titanness like informs that part but this this stuff like this informs the teen part i mean aside from their actual age but either which way starfire then gets kidnapped by one of the pods that uh you know is uh coming down and this gets robin's attention starfire breaks away from the like tentacles of this pod and tries to escape while fighting back Oh, yeah, uh, shoot. The the opening, like, I think happens once, uh, like, Starfire gets kidnapped. And then after the opening, Starfire breaks free and tries to fight back. Uh, it's, it's been a weird time. I took these notes a little while ago, so, uh, my apologies if everything's not, like, in line. I do try to take notes as good as I can. But, uh, as we've mentioned twice so far, some things can slip through the cracks. But anyways, uh, elsewhere in the amusement park, Beast Boy uh, gets a ring on a bottle and high-fives Cyborg, and then turns to Raven and says, See, Raven, I told you we'd win you a prize. He is handed a giant chicken, which he uh, gives to Raven. And Raven replies, A giant chicken. I must be the luckiest girl in the world. Uh, I love, like, the mixing of, like, comedy and seriousness and action that this show has. And it is, like, even from the second episode, it is, it is going off at a fever pitch. So Robin then comes to them saying there's trouble. Cyborg asks where's Star, and Robin replies, that's the trouble. Starfire continues to escape from the pod while fighting back. The other titans meet up at the dock, and Star and the pod fly past them. Beast Boy wonders who Star's new friend is, and Robin says, Don't know, but I'd like to meet them. So Starfire circles back to the other titans to begin uh, their counter-maneuver. Beast Boy turns into an alligator, but is too slow on the draw. Raven throws a hot dog cart at it with her mystic powers, but it does nothing. Cyborg catches uh, the tentacles, but is struggling to hold it back. And then uh, he says to Starfire, I don't know what you did to upset it, but could you try apologizing? Starfire tries, but this pod is not deterred. So Robin uses his staff to hit the pod, and it goes into the water. And Beast Boy asks, did we do it? But the pod re-emerges, and Robin jumps on it. He pulls some wires to shut it down, 
and it goes into the sky to blow up alongside the fireworks. And I did write this one down. The soundtrack to the scene is incredible. Like the like the soundtrack to like this entire show is incredible. But like th- this scene what it does well is like it's really intense for like all of the scene except for when uh, like it goes into the water it, it gets quiet it goes dark in that moment and then it comes uh like back up and then the music starts again it's a very simple trick but it is incredibly effective at it so robin says that it will no longer capture you but starfire asks but why would it want to in the first place so Later that night, they head back to the tower, and Starfire wishes to read them the poem of gratitude for her rescue. All 6,000 verses. The others have a blank expression on their faces, and at first it seems like they're reacting to the length of the poem, but they're actually reacting to the figure behind Starfire, who says that Starfire hasn't changed a bit. She was always rescuing her when they were younger, too the figure was rescuing Starfire. So Star is delighted by the appearance of her sister and goes to give her a hug. Her sister then offers Starfire a present and Starfire recognizes it as a Centauri moon diamond. And uh, she asks where she got it from and her sister replies, from the Centauri moon, of course. She comments that it matches Starfire's eyes because they're both green, and for a moment, Star's eyes actually form the diamonds before reverting back. Again, a simple yet effective joke. I will say the show's like use of simple yet effective, uh, like tools, like just like shows how much like the creators of the show like know, because like it's the whole walk before you can run kind of thing. And it shows that you can walk, and that, that stuff hooks you in, and then you run with, like, some of the more deeper themes that you develop throughout, you know, your episode or your show or stuff like that. I think that's a nice touch, and it, it really shows how good the creators are at, well, creating. So... Starfire introduces her sister, Blackfire, to the rest of the Titans. And Blackfire forces herself into the conversation and says that Starfire has told her about them through various transmissions, and she goes down the line to introduce herself. She meets Cyborg, who calls her a little lady, but Blackfire crushes his hand, but he doesn't mind. He's like, little lady, big grip, And and he's digging it. She goes to Raven... And this is Raven and compliments her jewel and chakra and Raven is delighted to see that someone is sharing her interest. She then goes to Beast Boy and asks what's up and Beast Boy responds nothing but the ceiling. Blackfire laughs and Beast Boy turns to Raven and says she thinks I'm funny. Raven replies statistically speaking someone had to and Beast Boy's not amused by that statement at all even though that is hilarious. Finally, Blackfire goes to Robin and admires his cape. Robin explains that it's made of a poly-something titanium. I'm not 
really sure. It's not just it's not just alien words I have a problem with. It's uh it's it's the this one. Too. <laughs> anyway, uh and the material is stronger than steel. So Starfire sees Blackfire getting close to Robin and interrupts asking what she's doing here. Blackfire says that she was in the area and wanted to uh, see what this place was like since Starfire was talking it up and all that. So she then entices the Guy Titans with a story about how she escaped a black hole. So she's telling the story. Uh, like She mentioned she was in uh, a particular galaxy that Starfire says you're not allowed to travel in because of the many black holes. Blackfire brushes it off with rules were made to be broken essentially and asks Starfire to go get her a soda and as Starfire's getting the soda she remarks to herself that you haven't changed much either with a somewhat bitter tone in her words so meanwhile the other drones return to their place of origin their spaceship but the one that exploded did not one of the aliens in charge of the mission uh, says that it's a failure since they all returned with no uh, whatever they were looking for. However, the other alien in charge of the mission points out that the one that went to Earth didn't come back and that they will find the girl there. Now, because I'm a slight geography nerd, uh, like the, the spaceship is like flying above Earth and we can see Earth, and we can see the Earth coordinates that uh, they locked uh, onto from where the pod didn't come back to. The Earth in, in this shot isn't oriented like how we know it on a map. It looks like it was like flipped about 90 degrees clockwise. And after looking at a map, I can see that Jump City is somewhere in Southern California. Because, like, the, the image of the Earth, I, I recognized, like, the Gulf of Mexico and Texas in that area. And I saw that it was, like, not there, but on the, like, other side of that. Where it's, like, goes from the Gulf of Mexico, jumping to the, well, Pacific Ocean in this case. And since this is America, Southern California is the only state that fits that bill. It's going westward, and it's the only westward uh, state that, like, touches the ocean in roughly the same area that Texas is in. So, that is your fun fact of the day. So, uh, back at the tower at a later time starfire is looking for blackfire and comes across a cyborg and beast boy playing a racing game cyborgs in the lead but beast boy passes him and star asks if blackfire was there and she was after cyborg passes beast boy starfire asks if she could play starfire says that the winner plays blackfire since she's really good at the game and starfire wanders off uh, she goes to raven's room and knocks raven opens her door slightly and Star asks if Blackfire is in there. Raven says no and begins to close the door. But then Starfire tilts her head in 
and uh, asks if she could join Raven into going to those depressing cafes you like. Raven says she already went with Blackfire, and it was open mic night, and Blackfire has some dark poetry, and Starfire leaves again. So then Starfire sees Blackfire and Robin embracing and is horrified. However, uh, Blackfire throws Robin, and Starfire walks in to see what's up, and she says, Robin and my sister, in a way that indicates she is not at all comfortable. <laughs> Robin explains that Blackfire was uh, teaching her uh, alien forms of martial arts. Uh, and then Robin asks why Starfire didn't offer to teach. Starfire is a bit hesitant, but Blackfire jumps in and says that Star wasn't really good at it and leads Robin away to teach him some more. And Starfire is dejected. Later in the evening, Starfire comes in with a stack of movies and asks if they want to do a stay-at-home movie night, which they all agree to, and she... Uh, also brought popcorn and non-cotton candies. <laughs> so, like I said, they're up for it, but they cannot agree on a movie. Or, rather, a movie genre. But Blackfire then comes out, dressed as Starfire, and announces that they're going clubbing. Starfire is very confused. The guys are up for it, and Blackfire entices Raven by saying, It's at an old abandoned warehouse. And as they go, Blackfire says, I raided your closet. I hope you don't mind. I borrowed your clothes. And once everyone else is out of earshot, Starfire uh, is standing there and says, It's fine. You've already borrowed my friends. So here we are at the heart of the episode. Starfire feels excluded, but doesn't know how to handle it entirely. So this is a solid episode to introduce us to Starfire both as a character and what she represents. So Starfire is an alien and we know that much like out of the gate. That's that's assumed knowledge. At the beginning of the episode we see Starfire has some insecurities about not fitting in and also she has some odd mannerisms. Those mannerisms come from being an alien. However, one thing that, like, fiction does a lot is use, like, well, fictional entities, like aliens that we know of so far, or, like, you know, witches and, you know, monsters and stuff, as a stand-in for something else. Essentially, that writing technique is X-Men's bread and butter. In this case, I believe Starfire is a stand-in for uh, neurodivergent people and maybe specifically autistic people. Her specific mannerisms and way of speech reflect how some people with autism might speak. And I can say this confidently as I am also autistic. Now, you might think that seems a little mean, but, uh, like, moving away from autism to another area of neurodivergency, uh, 
there's a little online comic series called ADHD Alien, where the author frames her ADHD diagnosis as her being an alien. So it's not really something that's like, you know, bad. It's just different. It's like using this to frame it in a way to help convey certain aspects of what that means. And honestly, you should check it out. Like, it's a really good series of comics. It, it, is, it is, like, heartwarming but also a little brutal in some ways, but also just, you know, really well done. And like, even though I don't have ADHD, I can still relate to like some of the issues with it just by being neurodivergent myself. So yeah, like I can say either neurodivergent or autism specifically, cause like there, there are different things that like make those diagnoses different but there's also like a shared thing of like being neurodivergent in there so strictly speaking it might not matter what the diagnosis is but to some people it might to like people like me growing up like seeing that like might be more effective like because it's more specific to me and that amount of relatability is important but here's where things get interesting we've established that starfire has all of these neurodivergent tendencies blackfire does not so, what does this mean? I speculate that it means on top of representing autism or whatever neurodivergent thing like fits her the most. I'm sticking with autism because I see a lot of myself in there. But if it is something completely different, then... You know, I will admit to being wrong on that. But on top of, like, Starfire representing being neurodivergent, she actually is neurodivergent. So, it's an analogy that's also real. It's a real analogy, and I think that's amazing. And I think, like, more... Uh, things should do that where like it's not just like oh this represents what this is like but also like it represents it but they are also just that and I think it's amazing that they did that it's really it's a really cool idea and I love how they're executing it, like, in this episode. So far and through the rest of the episode, which we will get back to right now. So they are at this club. 
And uh, people are dancing. Uh, and Blackfire leads everyone else onto the dance floor. But bringing up the rear is Starfire, who has trouble moving through the club and, you know, getting herself accustomed to this setting. And Raven shakes her head. So Blackfire starts to dance and asks the others to join. Beast Boy says that Cyborg could do the robot, and then he does the robot, and Cyborg glares at him. So Raven looks on and says that this is pointless, and then a goth guy comes over and says, everything's pointless. Want to go talk about it? And he leaves with Raven. Starfire stands there awkwardly when these two guys come up to her and asks if she's digging the scene, and she says, I didn't know we needed to bring shovels. This causes a laugh track to go off, and Starfire shrinks in the larger faces of the guys laughing and is disappointed. This is one of those, like, walk-before-you-run moments. Or, rather, this is one of the run moments in, in that metaphor. <laughs> where, not only is it a good visual gag, it also represents how Starfire is feeling at that point. So, even though it, it looks like it's funny, and in some sense it is, it's also very not because it's like she feels like that in that moment and this is where they run with it and you know this whole episode is just running with it so meanwhile the spaceship closes in on earth and the aliens deploy the remaining three drones so starfire is now on the roof and pouting saying she maybe doesn't belong here. Robin comes up to her and says that her place is down there with everyone else. He then asks what's wrong. Starfire says that everything is wonderful. The bright lights and pounding music is great. She sighs and then says everything is not wonderful and then goes back into how she feels inferior to Blackfire. And uh, she says that she likes seeing Blackfire you know, around, but it is also a little overpowering at times. Robin starts giving her a pep talk, but Blackfire comes in wearing a wig that makes her look a little more like Starfire, and she's already in Starfire's clothes. So, Robin asks for a moment, but Blackfire drags Robin down to dance. And then a pod shows up, and Starfire uh, begins defending herself from it. Beast Boy takes notice of this because there's like a window to the roof and Starfire's, you know, flying around from there and alerts Cyborg. But as they go, Beast Boy ends up getting captured by a second one. Uh, Cyborg goes to help but is taken aback by a third one as well. So the guy Raven went off uh, asks her, do you like show tunes before seeing the pods and leaves. Raven uses two boxes to free Beast Boy and they continue their assault. Starfire also crashes in, and now the four titans are taking on the three pods. Again, with good animation and a good score accompanying it. And that does seem repetitive, but it keeps being true. So, uh, anyway. Robin wants to go check on Starfire, but Blackfire wants him to dance. Cyborg crashes by, and Robin checks in to see what's happening. Cyborg says that the pods came back. And he's off to go help. Robin rushes, but also tells Blackfire that her sister's in trouble. 
and Blackfire joins the fight, but seems a little reluctant to do so. So Starfire ends up captured in a dumpster to be taken off. Robin uses his Robin rings to cut off the tentacles to free Starfire, and then calls out Titans go, and Blackfire shoots I-beams to neutralize the pods immediately. The Titans compliment her and ask how she knew where to shoot, and she says lucky guess, and Cyborg says that they could use that kind of luck and asks her to join the team. Blackfire accepts, and Starfire pops out of the dumpster, shocked. So, uh, in the morning after, uh, Starfire is about to leave, saying Blackfire will make a better Titan than her. Robin comes up before she can, you know, get very far. Star is about to break down in this moment when the aliens with the pods, uh, come down to get her. And they succeed in capturing her, and Robin jumps uh, to save her, but uh, misses. Starfire is contained, and the aliens say that she will pay for what she did. However, Robin has stowed away and comes up to free her. He and the alien that is not driving engage in combat for a brief period. And during the fight, they seem evenly matched, and... Robin ends up deflecting one of uh, the alien's tentacles that he shoots out into the engine, which crashes the ship. So Robin frees Starfire, and they get off before the ship crashes. Once they land, the other Titans come, wondering what's going on. The two aliens approach the Titans, and they ready themselves. However, the aliens introduce themselves as Centauri police and demand that the Tamaranian be handed over. They are confused, and Beast Boy says, You can't be the good guys. We're the good guys. They say that Stars caused a lot of trouble in the Centauri galaxy, calling her a liar and a thief. Star says she has never been to the Centauri galaxy. Robin takes off uh, Star's necklace that she has been wearing this entire time and says, I know someone who has. And Starfire is shocked that Blackfire is an actual criminal. So uh, the Titans inform the aliens that they have the wrong person and wonder where Blackfire is. Blackfire is seen flying off, and Robin says that she won't get away. Starfire gets mad and says she will not, and chases her down. So once uh, Starfire uh, gets to her, Blackfire tries to play it cool, but Starfire lets her know that the jig is up and demands she turn herself in. When Blackfire refuses, they begin fighting. During the fight, Starfire declares that Blackfire is no longer the strongest of the two. So, the fight goes on for a bit with Starfire dodging all of Blackfire's attacks and Starfire getting a hit in. Before things can go on, however, the Centauri capture Blackfire and place her under arrest. Starfire says her farewells and still tries to be polite about it, but Blackfire, on the other hand, uh, gives up all pretense of being nice and vows revenge. So later, uh, Starfire's on the roof and she's watching the sunrise. Robin comes up to join her. Starfire laments that her sister is a criminal now, when Robin asks how she's feeling, uh, Starfire says that uh, she's just glad that this got started out before she could be replaced. Uh, Robin is confused by this, and Starfire says that uh, everyone else is having a lot more fun with Blackfire. And then when Cyborg made the offer, 
Like, it just got to her. But Robin assures her that she wouldn't or couldn't be replaced, which cheers up Starfire immensely. And we close on a scene of the two heroes sitting side by side where their shadows are extended by the sun. And it's a lovely scene. And that is the episode. But let's uh, go into a few more things about the episode. So this, uh, like, is actually another big idea of the show. The idea of found family. So this idea covers a lot of the show in ways we will get into in later episodes although you might be aware of a few things <laughs> on that front but basically like yeah found family is a general theme of this show and while I could boil a lot of episodes down into that it's a lot more complicated and just saying found family over and over again isn't fun. So this episode, uh, like, puts it forth, like, strongly, where, like, Starfire's blood family is willing to let her take the fall for her crimes and also willing to just, like, cut her out of the picture and leave her be. But the Titans, her found family, uh, help her at every turn and want her to stay. And... It's a good episode to just, like, put that idea out there this clearly. Because, remember, this is also the second episode of the series. So, like, if you're watching this, you can see it, like, right away. It's not something that, like, comes in later. No, this is something that this show wants to do, and it is showing you it's doing it. It's also a good episode... Uh, to show that while the Titans are unified, there are still cracks in the seams. And, like, it plays with this in Divide and Conquer because it shows them as a group, you know, and how they don't function as well as not a group. But this episode goes into it on a more individual level, which is, like, the balance the show is striking. It is, like... It is a multi-cast show with a lot of, like, characters, and it wants to focus on that, but it also wants to focus on each character individually, and pairing, like, Divide and Conquer and Sisters as episode one and two is perfect because it goes team and individual, and then, like, as we go further into the series, we will see how this, like intertwines and gets closer and closer together with each other but it's also an established thing so they're already really close like we we see robin like making the effort right away where like if we were just like at the beginning of like this relationship we might not see scenes like that and another thing that sells like that idea of like this has been going on for a while is Blackfire herself because uh, like Blackfire's comments on Starfire being weak and always needing to be rescued highlights just how much Starfire has grown since she's been with the Teen Titans without necessarily seeing like everything from the ground up we are like essentially starting on like 
floor 18 of a really tall building where we still have a ways to go but we're not working up from the ground level and like I said in the last episode that is a really interesting uh, like place to start your story and so far I think it works out because again that they are running because they know how to walk because like like you start most stories at like ground level to like you know work up to that but if you know that you can play around with that and start it from wherever to do something interesting like this show and it pays off I'm doing a podcast about it but also like this show is still in the hearts and minds of thousands of people everywhere and it's episodes like this that solidify why and that will be it for this episode of the last slice of pizza you can leave your comments and reviews on anchor or spotify on apple podcasts on the google play store or wherever else rss feeds go when they have stolen a centauri moon gem and be sure to tune in for the next episode final exam i will see you then like hopefully sooner than you know last time fingers crossed Oh, by the way, another show that does the analogy that's also real is Raycan. Raycon? R-E-K-A-N. I still don't know how to say it. But it's still really good, and I encourage you to watch it. I've encouraged you to watch it on my previous podcast, but it's really good. You really should watch it. That's all I want to say.